Welcome to Lamenting the Leafs. I'm Cam with Nick and Keith. And guys, the Leafs have been rolling in the couple of weeks since we last recorded. Uh, but there's one player in particular that we, we've got to show some love to right off the top. Uh, Mitch Marner has been on fuego. 18-game uh, point streak now. Driving the bus every night. Nick, you were on uh, Game Over Toronto, the post-game show on the SDPN uh, following the win over the Sharks on Wednesday. Lots of the discussion centered around Mitch. Uh, ha- have you found any more words <laughs> to describe uh, just, just what he's been doing? No, I think, like I said on the show with Harnish and Armand on Wednesday night, I, I just, I'm struggling to think of another player around the league who impacts so many different facets of the game at such a high level like Mitch Mariner has been Mr. Everything for the Maple Leafs and it's it's not just recently either you know it's been more pronounced perhaps you know this past month with the point streak and everything he's been able to do but this is a guy who's hounding pucks on the forecheck he's the top penalty killing forward on the team the power play runs through him he, he's he just really does everything and it, you know, unique in the way that he's able to drive play and create offense off, you know, quick strike opportunities and forcing turnovers off the forecheck. And he's just so damn good at like baiting guys into putting the puck where he wants them to put it. I don't know if you guys caught on the broadcast when they're talking about Marner and his forechecking and how he kind of tries to follow the eyes of the guy with the puck and be looking to where they're trying to put it. It's just, it's a different thing when you're watching Mitch kind of chase a guy down on the forecheck. It's, it's really cerebral in nature, the way that he's able to just force guys into bad plays and come away with the puck. And he's been creating offense off of that, uh, you know, for an extended period of time. Now it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch and one more for the franchise record, uh, Tampa coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, yeah, hopefully the boys aren't squeezing the sticks too hard. It looked like they were, they were all looking for Mitch on Wednesday night. It was uh, pretty glaring, but you know, it was great to see him get it. And I hope he keeps it going. Yeah, exactly. I think at the end of the game, it was kind of obvious that they were, they were trying to get to him and they were basically laughing on the ice. Well, how funny was that pass to bunting? Like (laughs) the whole body language of the team was just like, come on, man, like shoot the puck in the net. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. When he said in the post game about how his dad was going to be mad at him, I was like, Mitch, man, stop talking about your dad. (laughs) But, um, anyways, yeah, no, like you're right in the sense, like not only like uh, any other player that's kind of doing what he's doing, but just from the wing too. And, and and his size, like, like he's not a big guy and, and typically you kind of see that type of play coming from the center of the ice, like, you know, driving a offensive line, but yeah, it's, it's, it's such a turnaround because I think, I mean, early in the season, everybody, you know, the whole team was kind of in the, in the dumpster a little bit. But, you know, he, he kind of especially looked like visibly frustrated and visibly um, he kind of, you know, wears his emotions pretty clearly on his face when he's playing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see obviously a guy that kind of takes some heat when things aren't going well because when you make $11 million, that'll happen. And then just some of the, you know extra media stuff that's come along with his time in the Leafs but very it just goes to show like this market will very quickly forget about all that crap if you just produce and and do what he's doing and and 
man, he, he looks incredible right now. Yeah, I mean, Nick, you, you touched on it like the it, it's the the hustle, the he has had some incredible um, flashes and just like I, I feel like I've said this before, but you know, like having watched Jonathan Drew and was when he was with the, the Halifax Mooseheads and like he had kind of this similar like his hockey sense was just on, on such a, a plane higher than everyone else. It was just so obvious. And that was at the junior level. Yeah. And Marner does that at the NHL level. He makes everyone else look like they're playing in a fucking sandbox. It, it, it's been an incredible run. Yeah. And, and like Keith said, especially for a guy who plays on the wing, it, it, you know, Marner's kind of become something of a utility player in a sense. Like he plays the game like a center, you know, the, the, the entire thing runs through him more often than not when he's out there. And we've even seen him get thrown back on defense. You know, it was talked about ahead of the season as something that we might see now and again. It kind of seemed far-fetched at the time, but, you know, it's happened. And I, I think with what he's shown as far as being a, a reliable two-way player, when the situation calls for it, I, I think it's a great weapon for Sheldon Keefe to have in his back pocket, you know, late in games, chasing a, a, a goal or something like that. It, it's just, it, it's really hard to think of another player who just does so many different things at such a high level. And dare I say, Austin Matthews might be heating up a little bit here. Shooting pucks into the net. Yeah, goals in each of the last three games, uh, six points total in that span. Yeah, I think we all said we're kind of we're kind of waiting for those, like, no doubt beat the goaltender wrist shots that we were kind of waiting for. I think like we were seeing some, you know, deflection goals and some goals from the top of the paint and stuff like that. Like I think seeing him in space, beating a goalie with a wrist shot, I think is what, I don't know that that's probably the most telltale sign. Yeah. I mean, like e- even just before the, these last few games, like I, I the, the conversation I was kind of wanting to have was, you know, like it's been a slow start, whatever you know way you want to slice it. He, he's really kind of come on here in the last little bit, and November's been pretty good for Matthews. But um, you know, it's, it's not what we've certainly been used to seeing. I, I've thought that like there have been a couple of games recently, like like I think it was the that matinee game against Minnesota, where like he didn't look great, but I thought that he had a, a few good defensive moments. Like he looked engaged at least, but like the burst hasn't been there, and like it was getting to the point where you know I'm kind of thinking like this is you know it's not just like. A a regular old slump like maybe this is something with his off-season training didn't go great or didn't take quite as well as as they were hoping or what have you but um it's it's starting to turn around a little bit now and and uh i mean obviously when when you've got minor clipping along not that they've been playing together um as much as they often do but um you know it, it helps uh, whether it's you know on his wing or whether it's you know taking the pressure off of his line if they're playing a part um if this only means good things for the rest of the team the, the run that mariner's been on and if this helps get matthews going man we're uh, we're cooking yeah and you know, full marks to guys like john Tavares and william nylander who you know through the early part of the season when maybe things weren't falling exactly the way matthews and even mariner were hoping early on those guys were really the ones driving the bus and uh, you know as much as Tavares may have cooled a little bit in in the last little bit I think William Nylander is perhaps playing the best hockey of his career the way he's going right now he is just absolutely flying out there he looks like an x-factor every time he's on the ice 
he he looks grown up. I don't know how else to say it. He's he's playing with a different kind of energy and tenacity. You know, he's still not going to be the guy getting in there and laying big hits on the forecheck. But I haven't seen very many of those. You know flybys or, or peel-offs on the forecheck like he's getting in there he isn't uh, avoiding contact by any means you know there was one shift uh, i think it was in the in the devil's game where he, he just kind of went banging into the corner and he, he knocked one guy off the puck took it from him shielded off another check and you know kept possession going down low when you've got nylander going like that and Tavares playing the way that he was early in the season and, and you can kind of add in matthews and mariner when they start clipping along you know the it's a, it's a lot of talent firing at once, and it's going to be hard for any opponent to handle. Well, I think that Wednesday night, he, he like he was the story for me. Obviously, Marner gets the empty netter uh, right at the end, and the story becomes about the point streak, right? But like prior to that, man, he he was unbelievable. It held off the score sheet, but had so many great moments in that San Jose game, and has just been like you said, such a stud creating so much uh for the Leafs and and just the consistency that, he, that he's showing out there is is really what's standing out right now yeah yeah I I think he like he just looks dangerous every single time he, he's he's on the ice and and I think he's probably hit more posts than anybody on the team he's had more like you know shots go wide by like an inch like he's all over the net every time he's on the ice and like I think what we have seen from him in the past is this in stretches and then it kind of goes away but I mean you know, not not that we're all that far into the into the season right now, but it it's been pretty consistent since the first game of the year that we've seen this type of effort from him. And like you said, Nick, like he's he's using his body in a way that I'm not sure I've seen him do for this long of a period. And in terms of you know, like you said, like shielding guys, using his his body to because he's not a small guy. Like, no, he's he gets, he's a strong. Dude. He gets kind of rep like his like a, a reputation of being like a small skilled guy. And he obviously is skilled, but he's pretty, he's got a wide base on him yeah. and, and he can, and he can use that. And I've seen him use it a lot more in the early part of this year, especially kind of below the hash marks. So Leafs have won five in a row. Uh, all of those coming since Morgan Riley uh, was injured and he's on the shelf here for a, a little while. So uh, that's obviously a big blow for the Leafs. Hasn't, um, you know, hasn't affected them so far, at least in terms of the results they've been able to get. But, um, you know, there's going to come a point here where, you know, we've spent the first 10 plus minutes of the show talking about how, you know, Mariners humming along and Nylander's super consistent. And obviously he's such a boon to the transition game game Matthews is is coming through there's going to come a point where you know the transition game might might lag a little bit I I don't know when but it'll come at some point and that's where you're really going to feel that that loss of Morgan Riley right but uh, blue lines look really really good in in his absence a lot of a lot of guys stepping up yeah I mean Riley's kind of taking some heat about his defensive play and I think you know the overarching kind of like contrarian view on this is that there was a bit of addition by subtraction by by Riley coming out of the lineup I think that that's significantly overblown I think yes Riley is going is prone to maybe giving up an odd man rush here or there or you know maybe not having the world's best gap you know inside the defensive zone but a lot of that's coached for him in terms of the way that he's told to play and then like he's very clearly got the green light to jump up in the rush. And I don't think they're in any, you know, there, there's no kind of desire from the coaching staff for that to go away. Cause ultimately he brings a lot more positive than he does 
to the team, you know, than, than the negative kind of breakdowns that he had, which is what, you know, was so great about that, you know, early uh, pairing of him and, um, him and him and Brody together because Brody kind of gave you that ability to uh, to be the stay at home guy to, to kind of look out for that and and defend those odd man rushes if they happen. But yeah, I mean, full credit to the team. I think there's been a concerted effort from all five guys on the ice, you know, at any time to to be a lot more kind of conscientious of what's happening defensively. I'm noticing like as soon as there's even a thought of a defenseman pinching at the blue, like coming down the the wall in the offensive zone, a forward is busting his ass to get back. Like it's very noticeable that they're, you know, blowing the zone very quickly and not cheating to stay in deep or cheating to, to leave the, the defensive zone quickly. It's, it's an all around effort. It looks, you know, it's great to see. And I think everybody's saying this and it, obviously it's not, it's not really anything groundbreaking, but if you can play this way with Riley and Brody in the lineup, I, I don't necessarily think that it's going to drop off. It's only going to get better when you take out a Mete and a Hollowell and you put in a Riley and a Brody. Um, there just has to be this effort consistently. And I think, you know, they're probably seeing that and seeing that they're capable of doing that. And hopefully that goes, goes a while, uh, a long ways for them. Yeah. And, uh, to your initial point there, I think, the notion that the Leafs could possibly be better off without Riley or that there's some sort of addition by subtraction here, I, I think, you know, for lack of a better word, I think that's asinine. Um, <laughs> he, he's a he's a tremendous player. His ability moving the puck and, you know, as you said, joining the rush and activating offensively as he's been given the green light to do, it, it really does open up the transition game for this offense, I believe. And on the other side of the coin, I think that we often make too much or, or it's, it's really easy to kind of point to the, the bad plays on goals against here and there or whatever. But we're also talking about a guy who is more often than not playing against some of the opposition's best players. Like goals yeah. get scored and, you know, you're a lot of the top defensemen in the league are out there for goals against. It, it happens. Um, it, it's a bit of give and take with Riley, right? Yeah, it's it's always been that way. The way that he, you know, joins the rush and, and helps to generate offense from the back end, it, it does come at a bit of a cost. But he, over overall, he's been a net positive player for practically his entire career. He is that effective offensively, and, and I know that you know some people don't love him on the power play, but he he's able to snap it around out there. He's shown the ability to get pucks through from the point. Like this guy scored 20 goals from the blue line a couple of seasons ago. So I think that it's it would be a lot different narrative around the team if things weren't going as well uh, in the, this last little stretch since he's been injured. But by no means do I think that it's going this well because he's not there. Yeah, well, two things can be true here. The team has kind of banded together and are making a, an effort to play more sound defensively. And the guys that they brought in are doing their job. That can be true. And then also, they're kind of getting some bounces right now and getting some really good goaltending too. Like that, yeah. that is helping this. Um, I think like if you look at PDO and stuff like that, it's it's pretty damn high since since Riley's out. So it's you know the, both of those statements can be true that they may be on the right side of some luck that they weren't getting early in the year. Um, whether you like the term luck or not, but you know, the right side of the bounces and the percentages right now, than you know, what they necessarily weren't getting early on when, uh, maybe some of the play was, was better and they just weren't getting rewarded for it. But 
I mean, I, that's not to take away from, you know, the way they're playing right now because they, they are playing great. Yeah, and all the guys that have been called upon to step up deserve full credit. You know, even m- maybe the numbers or the underlying numbers don't look spectacular for guys like Mete and Hollowell. But what can you expect out of guys who are slaughtered as, you know, you're eight and nine or, you know, even potentially further down your further, depth chart than yeah. that? So I think those guys have come in and done a good job kind of playing within themselves and not really trying to force things. And, and it's it's kind of a, a snapshot of the team as a whole, I think, that the way that it's just been a cohesive, concerted effort to you know play as a unit and move the puck up ice as a unit and come back as a unit. And everyone's, you know, filling their gaps and taking their man and even in on the occasions where the Leafs might be on the wrong end of the shot clock, a lot of it is coming from the outside and there's the odd rush chance here and there, but they really aren't giving up a lot off the cycle in the middle of the defensive zone. And that, that's been an, a, a real area of concern for this team over the last you know couple of years, even as they've improved defensively. It, it's just, it's taken or they've taken it to another level so far this season with the way that they've been able to kind of hold opponents down i uh, i mean obviously riley riley brings a lot to the the power play but uh, i will say i'm really liking the look of sandine there i think that there's just a little bit more of a a threat in terms of the shot and and not even just the shot but like the mentality where he's running it back there like he's he's looking a little bit more to get the puck towards the net and and, uh, rather than just kind of circling it around which like it feels like Riley's, you know, kind of... Uh, he's kind of a pivot point on the power play when he's out there, right? Yeah, it, he's, almost, he's almost the poster boy for the, like, the the passing it around the, the perimeter that people complain about, right? Like, you know, he, he's yeah. he, he's kind of leading that charge a little bit, trying to find the, the best opportunity rather than just kind of trying to create something. And and obviously, Sandine's got a little bit little bit more of a dangerous one-timer on him than, than Riley has displayed. So I, I'm liking the look there, but yeah, I, I think that uh, in the long term you're going to be uh, hoping for him back sooner than later for sure. Yeah. And even defending it, defending the least power play, like there's not much of a threat that, that Riley's going to shoot from back there. So even the, you know, just the option of having the shot is making them play, you know, having, having the, the, the penalty killers play a little bit different, which you, you know, hope will open up some other lanes. You know, it's always coming around to the, the flank for, for Matthews or for Marner or for whoever's there. Right. Yeah. So just the threat of something different can can kind of open some stuff up. Yeah, and I have no problem, you know, if the power play continues to produce while Riley is out, even when he's back, I have no problem with, you know, giving that role to Sandine. There's already a lot on Riley's plate. And uh, on the the other side of it, it, it's more opportunity for Sandine and a, a chance to get the most out of him and his skill set as well, I think. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys on that one. Yeah, and I mean, it comes down to the structure ultimately, right? And that's that's kind of been the, the big thing for the Leafs over the last couple of years. That's the taken them to this next level where they're uh, they're just so tight and it's it's there's almost a larger discussion there to be had like you know Riley's the kind of player that you allow to break the system right like he, he can kind of he can cheat it a bit yeah. and without him out there like everyone else is just kind of they're they're doing what they're supposed to do they're they're playing their role and the system is is kind of taking care of the rest right so and, and um, you know who else has been taking care of a lot Mark Giordano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a blessing this man has been for the Leafs. Uh, just what he's been able to provide to them, especially as of late with all the injuries on the back end. This is a 39-year-old guy making eight hundred grand a year, and, and he's playing like a bona fide top four defenseman 
basically every night out there. He's really been a key part of what they've been able to do uh, defensively, even, you know, helping to move the puck up. He's not as fleet of foot as he once was, but he still has the IQ and the ability to move the puck up the ice. I I just can't say enough good things about what Mark Giordano has done for the Leafs so far. He's a $5 million player making whatever it is, 800 grand. Like it's – yeah. Absurd. Four million easy, and I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that there's a reasonable argument against it if you've watched him play at all this season. That stare down. Oh man, that was, yeah, so, that was so good. good. So I would good. have been. I like. I might have shit my pants three times in the in the time it took him to break that stare <laughs> because, like he, like you could see him. He, he had an entire at conversation his, with his eyes. Like he, you like, can he see did. him flipping through the Rolodex in his head, like in, in a way that he, he's letting this guy know. I'm trying to put a fucking name to your face and I'm just going <laughs> to stare at you blankly uh, until I come up with it. And <laughs> you're going to break the stare because I'm never going to come up with it. <laughs> yeah. Th- that was great. That, but it, those are the, the kind of things, you know, on top of what he's been able to do in terms of shutting down uh, opposing offenses and just making safe, smart, defensive plays. There's that leadership and passion that, that he's got, right? He's... He, he, he's such an important piece of this team. Again, I'm kind of at a loss for words just to describe how important he's been and not just in the way that he's driving results, but in the way that he's leading by example. Having Jason Spezza on like a dirt cheap contract as the, the wily veteran who can chip in, I'm like, you know, he'll hold down your fourth line. He'll be a power play guy for you. That was nice. That was like a nice bonus. This is fucking invaluable. Yeah, like a top four guy on that same kind of situation where he's, you know, the veteran who's who's just taking less and he is out there. You can't hide Mark Giordano the way you could kind of, you know, tuck Spezza away and take him out of the lineup every once in a while. Especially now with the injuries. right? Yeah. I mean, you are relying on him and uh, he's delivering. Yeah. Full marks for Giordano. Speaking of uh, delivering, how about this goalie tandem? Uh, Ilya Samsonov returns yeah. Wednesday night, and Matt Murray has been on form uh, since, since he's come back as well. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you have to say about this at this point? That, that mea culpa? Like, we, we fucking... We, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is easily the, the yes. thing we were most concerned about, and I feel like rightfully so based on, you know, just kind of the circumstances coming in, but, like, you, you, this really couldn't have turned out better the, the way it's it's gone. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's gone about as well as I think even the most optimistic fans could have hoped for you know, before the season. Um, it, it is still just 25 games in, so there's a long way to go and, and a lot that can happen. Uh, we don't have to look back too far to see a, a goaltender start the season as a Vesna candidate and, and kind of peter out from there uh, with the way Jack Campbell went last season. But yeah, who's seen this coming? Uh, I don't think anyone would have expected Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov to have given the level of consistently... I don't know if I want to say consistently excellent, but consistently very strong goaltending and giving them a chance to win night in and night out. And even Eric Schalgren, when he was called upon, you know, for a number three or even a number four of Joseph Wall was ever healthy. He gave them everything that they could have asked for in those games as well and kind of helped the team through a really tough stretch. So yeah, the goaltending, uh, as much as it was, 
a concern coming into the season. It may be their most consistently strong position overall uh, so far this season. And yeah, you just have to hope that they can keep it going and that both guys can stay healthy. Yeah. Like you said, you know, we, we don't, we don't have to look too hard in, or, or, you know, too far into the past to, to see a, a goalie kind of drop off after a hot start. But what's nice is that we've hedged our bets a little bit and now you have yeah. two op- now, now you're you know you're cutting that uh, the odds in half a little bit that you know both guys are going to go completely cold the way Campbell did last year it's you know that's a lot more unlikely so I I I love having a tandem I've been wanting a, a, a tandem like this for a while not necessarily these two guys I'm not uh, saying that I saw into the future with these two guys being the answer, but just having you know two goalies for the price kind of of one number one goalie and just you know unless like we said it a million times unless you've got one of those guys yeah. you know cap capital G guys like it's it's not you don't really know what you're getting so so hedging your bets having two guys riding a hot hand all that fun stuff and you know it's going to be to the point here like if they both play keep playing the way they play like what do you do you just do like because both goalies are going to want to play both guys are going to want to you know you're going to hear them say that the more they play the fresher the sharper they are or whatever but like i mean with with both of them having injury concerns i'm not interested in one of them like starting six games in a row just because there's no No. back-to-back like keep like keep this going cycle them in and out you know if you have three or four games in a a week like make sure it's a two-to-one split yeah, exactly. It, 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 it seems like a really easy thing to navigate, you know, from a philosophical standpoint when you're talking about two goaltenders who have injury history and two goaltenders who are both, you know, giving you quality performances right now. It's just way too easy to keep splitting the workload and uh, avoid overtaxing either one of them too much i think you know the way that it's going right now you you maybe you give murray two to one uh in terms of starts uh, with samsonov uh, moving forward but you know a bad night for murray maybe it turns to two to one for samsonov right so i i, th- I just think that they've both they've both earned their minutes and the right to continue playing. Uh, and it's, it's a good problem for the Leafs to have, if you can even call it a problem. The two things that really stand out to me, and it's for both guys, really. Um, number one is like the confidence, right? Like the, for two guys who both have plenty of reason to not be confident coming into the season, obviously Murray's a two time cup champ, but like things have been rough for him of late. And, and, you know, Samson of things just didn't pan out the way everyone expected in Washington. And, and to find yourself kind of looking for a new home at at such a a young stage of your career. Um, you know, there was plenty of reason that these guys could have been coming in with a a little bit of doubt. And, And the second thing, and I think that they're probably, uh, fairly connected is like the amount of big saves like the amount of of momentum swinging like point blank chances that these guys have just they've stood in there and and like they have come through huge so many times like it just seems like every in in big moments yeah like it seems like every every game when it's tight you're getting, you know, the, these golden chances and, and like big saves and like, you know, the final minute of the period, uh, you know, times where maybe in the past Freddie Anderson might have let a leaky one through just as things were kind of starting to snowball. It's felt like you were felt like you were starting to get rolling and then it takes the uh, the the air out of your tires a little bit. And, and I mean, these guys ha- have come through time and time again. And, you know, that's part of that is like we talked about the, the high PDL. That's not always going to be the case. You know, these guys are 
you're going to have a few squeak by and, and some questionable goals. But like it, it's been impressive to me the way that they've been so confident and just so um, like it's step, stepping up in, in like the key moments, you know, the, where, where you need a big save and they're there. there. There seems to be that those kind of big saves maybe having to happen a little bit more than, than we kind of want. I think, you know, we've been talking about how good they've been playing defensively. And on the whole, I think that's true. Like, I think they've been limiting the both quantity and quality of chances. But there are those like really, you know, 10 bell kind of breakaways and two on ones and, and it seems to it doesn't seem to be like the other team has got sustained zone time and they're cycling and they get it to the middle and there's a good chance in the slot. I think they're eliminating that. And the kind of Nick and I were talking before we came on, like it, it seems to be kind of, you know, the Leafs are the ones with the sustained offensive zone pressure and it's they're in there for two minutes and, you know, you kind of you run out of gas and then all of a sudden there's a, a little flub of the puck at the blue line and then the other team's gone on a two on one. And I, I don't know what, you know, how you limit that or like what it like because you don't want them to like ease off on the aggressiveness of their offensive zone play. But that seems to be what is leading to the kind of, you know, the high quality chances that the other teams are getting is it seems to be just when somebody either a pass hits a skate and, you know, high inside the zone and then all of a sudden it's a two on one because the defenseman had kind of crept down. So I, I'm not sure what the the answer is on that, but that seems to be where the bulk of the chances against are coming from. And in, in my eyes, anyways. well, to Cam's point, how many times over the years did we see that exact thing unfold where the, the Leafs are kind of controlling play, you know, pushing for a goal to maybe tie or go ahead? And they're controlling the play in the offensive zone and the other team gets one chance the other way and it beats Fred or not to place Murray and Samsonov on a pedestal way above either of Freddie Anderson or Jack Campbell just yet, because again, it is still very early, but uh, like I said, we can only, we can only go off what we've seen. Exactly. And I, I hope I'm not jinxing anything here, but as I said to you guys the other night, how many bad goals has Matt Murray given up this season and I think you could ask the same question of Samsonov there hasn't been a lot of goals that end up in the Leafs net where you go damn like that was that's a bad one or that squeaked through or he really should have had that or what was the goaltender doing there just really hasn't been a lot of that so far this season and it's it's definitely been a welcome change and just starting to gain a little bit of confidence in in what we have in our crease right now i try not to get too far ahead of myself but matt murray has has really looked good back there i'm starting to believe in him uh he's a big dude in the net he he's very positionally sound more often than not and he he's been as you said cam making those desperation saves when called upon yeah they they have both been uh in incredible form um so Saturday night, a uh, big matchup, first time since the first round playoff series. Are you ready to face Nick Paul and the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, why do you have to bring that guy up? Uh, stupid uh, goal is ingrained in my brain. Oh, man. You know what? The, stupid, I, the stupider of the two. I am really looking forward to the game, actually, because, you know, it, hate to call it a measuring stick or whatever because it, anything can happen on any given night the worst team in the league can beat the best team on any given night but th- this is the, the the hurdle that the Leafs have to get over and this is a team that knocked them out last year so you know, hoping that you see the, the boys come in with a bit of fire and really want to stick it to the the team that ended their season last year um yeah it, and that's that's a good point Nick is just like I 
I obviously want them to win. We all want them to win. We'll be disappointed if they don't. But I'm more. I honestly don't necessarily care if they if they lose this game as long as they're in they it. Bring it. The yeah. Efforts there. They're they're not an easy out, and you know there is a bit of kind of fuck you to their game and and kind of you know this should mean some. This is the team that knocked you out. There should be a little bit of attitude that that they have, and if if that's there and they fall short, I that won't bother me at all. Just go toe to toe with them because like you know there was kind of points at the start of the season where I was a little worried that maybe the Leafs were you know not quite um, like a, a taking a step back or anything but maybe not on that like very top rung that that you you expect them and hope for them to be on right and basically the last month has kind of alleviated that concern for me at all like I, I'm feeling yeah. very good about the the team defensively the structure um, the the offense is heating up like feeling good so go toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay and and you know, that's that's as good as you can hope for. Well, that's the thing with the, the way that the team has played as of late. They've earned a bit of grace, right? And, you know, you can handle a, a couple of losses here and there. But the one thing that you want to see with consistency is the energy and the commitment to playing tight defensive hockey and just bringing energy every night that the way that they have been as of late you just want to see that be consistent over the course of the year as they continue to ramp up for the postseason and what could you know ultimately be another looks like a a collision course with the the lightning yet again so yeah it's a big game it's early in the season but you you want to you want to show that you remember what these guys did to you last year and that you're not going to let it happen again. And, you know, the the, the first matchup of the regular season is a good place to start. Tampa Bay just coming off of a, uh, a road trip, too. So the Leafs will be waiting for them there in Florida. And then it's uh, Dallas, Los Angeles, Calgary. So a few pretty good squads lined up here. Uh, good chance to, to really see what you got. Um, and going to be a, a tough uh, stretch of opponents for Mariner to, to you know, get that uh, point streak over the, the 20 game mark and, and keep on rolling. So we'll see what he's got there, I suppose. Yeah. Well, didn't you hear Samsonov? He thinks he's got 50 in him. Oh, so. yeah. So the, you're right. <laughs> the, the, these should be easy peasy. We don't even have to worry about it for another. Uh, once we get into the spring. I love weirdo goaltenders <laughs> so much. Samsonov seems like he's kind of thriving with the, the you know, it, easy to say when he's playing well or, or whatever, but. He does seem like a guy who's kind of embraced the uh, the market a little bit. He, he seems to... He kind of likes to talk to the media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he seems like he enjoys it. Yeah, it seems like a chipper guy, kind of outgoing. And, you know, again, it'd be interesting to see how he handles all of that when his play isn't at the level that it is right now. Because, you know, that's inevitably going to happen. He's going to have a slump here or there throughout the season. But, yeah, he really seems to be enjoying being a Maple Leaf. And it's a, a tough spot for for a, a, a goaltender to play, and he seems to be handling it well. Yeah, seems to have that um, the demeanor, I guess. Um, you know, water off a duck's back kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. really got a kick out of those quotes. The the post game stuff just. Uh, uh, really uplifting all around the you know Marner coming in and the the team dousing them and everyone going nuts and then the Samsonov quotes good vibes all around now boys yeah, yeah and, they're and, off the charts and on that note I, I think you know before we we go much further or, or start to wrap this up we've given a lot of credit to the guys on the ice and the way that they've committed and stuff but Sheldon Keefe also deserves a, a ton of credit for the way that he's been able to get his team playing uh, in the second month of the season here. He, he's really, he's got 
everyone completely bought in and committed to what they're doing as a team and, and they're getting the results for it. And he, he deserves a lot of credit for it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to touch on it earlier on. Um, you know, we've been talking about how good the structure is. We talked about Riley's injury, obviously Muzzin and, and Brody are still, you know, not, not contributing to this lineup. And nonetheless, the Leafs are looking like a fucking wagon defensively. And you got Sheldon Keefe to thank for that. Yeah, absolutely. For a guy whose kind of back was against the wall not too long ago, and I think we all like, you know, he probably has a few things that he wanted wants to take back in terms of his media availabilities. But um, ultimately, I don't really give a shit what he says. You know, I, I, it's it's what happens on the ice, and I think, you know, he there, whether or not he necessarily made any big changes, like I don't necessarily see that, but. Guys are buying in. Guys are, are executing on you know the, the the X's and O's that he he had put in place. And I mean, it's all the guys done since he he got here get, has gotten here is win games the regular season, albeit. I mean, we don't have to always preface it that way, but yeah, I mean, he's he's doing what he needed to do to get the team out of the slump, and you know, kind of almost whether or not he meant to kind of took some of the the pressure, some of the eyeballs off the team when they weren't playing well, cause they kind of went on him and Dubas. So yeah. happy to see him kind of now, you know, get recognized for that. And I think if they keep this up and they get through this stretch and, you know, without Riley, without any kind of, you know, major consequence and they end up with 110 plus points, I don't know how you can deny them of at least, you know, votes, at least being in the conversation for the Adams, uh, you know, which he hasn't even sniffed yet. Yeah, well, it, you know, there were some fears early in the season when things weren't going so well, you know, some rumblings that it was starting to look like the, the guys had kind of stopped playing for him or whatever. And, you know, it did kind of feel that way for a couple of ah, years. we said early. that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think with the turnaround that they've had as a team, it, it's very clear that, that these guys – are still very much playing for this coach. And it, it's just evident in the way that the entire team has, again, bought into what he's selling and the way that they're executing on it. Yeah, it's been a nice run. And, and uh, obviously, a lot of um, a lot of things are going right at the moment. So you, you can't overlook that. But um, feeling very good. What have you guys thought of uh, Holmey, Holmberg, Pontus? Yeah, I, I like him a lot, man. I, I think he's getting more comfortable every game. He, you're, you're starting to see, you know, which is nice. When a guy gets brought in and as like a bottom six center, you know, the thing that he was most detailed about and, and kind of paid attention to, you could tell, is obviously his defensive play. But as he kind of settles in, I'm, I'm seeing him. The offensive kind of instincts are, are kind of shining through a little bit. I don't, you know. You know more about him as a prospect and coming up, but you know I don't think he's necessarily going to be like a massive point getter. But I think he's got the ability to to kind of chip in and think offensively along some. If he you know gets paired with some offensive line mates, he's not maybe going to be pigeonholed into kind of the David Camp role, and he might end up you know being able to chip in. But yeah, he he looks good out there. He look doesn't look like a guy who's playing you know in his. Uh, has he even played 10 games yet or, you know, single digit games in the NHL? It's, it's impressive. Yeah. He looks like a vet. Like that, that's what stands out. Like he looks like a, a, a guy who has been at it for a while. Cause sometimes you, you know, you see guys who are coming up on a call up, uh, young guys, you, you can kind of tell they're, they're a little smaller. They're a little less sure of themselves out there. And they're, they're kind of like they're in the play, but they're just a little behind the play, you know, but Holmberg, it's like, he's, he's driving it out there at times. And he, he just does not look out of place pretty much at any point. Yeah. Well, it kind of speaks to 
what it takes with some of these guys sometimes. It, it takes some time. And, and Pontus Holmberg is a guy who's now 23 years old and has a few years of professional hockey in Sweden under his belt. And I think that's – like four years of, in the S, in the SHL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's really been evident in you know what you see out of him on the ice. He's got that level of maturity. He's got that experience playing against other pros uh, as a young guy. So uh, personally, I've been a, a huge fan of him as well. I think it, you kind of – mentioned it there Keith in the David Camp role I think you know he's an easy plug and play replacement uh, if something happens where they they don't end up retaining David Camp after this season but I also think that like you said he seems to have the the IQ to, to clip along with some more talented offensive players and, and he's a guy who produced some offense over in Sweden the last couple of years too as he's continued uh, his upward trajectory so I, I think that this guy is looking like a, a real bona fide third line center option for the future and that's just that's a, a huge get for the Leafs out of a, a sixth round pick even if it's taken them a few years to get here yeah it's it's getting that kind of value out of the you know we're starting to see out of the the Dubas drafts now is it's exciting because I mean we're, we're seeing it from all ends of the draft right like it's yeah. not just the first couple rounds that are that are yielding guys that are you know making an impact in the nhl right now so it's it's exciting to see and i know there there was a tweet going around about you know firing or, or not extending dubis before being able to see the fruits of like his draft labor i think you know is, is a mistake whether or not they lose in the first round again which seems to be kind of the hard clipping point for most fans right now but i think it was me I mean, that tweeted that wasn't it well, was it? Else? Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you look at like even guys outside the organization and what, you know, Sean Dursey has turned himself into a bona fide NHL defenseman. Like, it's, it, it, we're starting to see it. And after years of not having entry levels, you know, depth support, you know, to now have these guys all playing on the, you know, at the same time on the team and, and providing so much value for, you know, under a million dollars a year is huge with the way this team's constructed. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's only going to be more of that coming in the next couple of years as more of these dubious draft picks start to, to, yeah. Yeah. Your Hervinins and Niemelas and all those guys are, you know, they're not that far. Uh, off. And that's the, to make no mention of Matthew Nyes who could be uh, right. featuring yeah. in this lineup as early as this coming spring. Right. So uh, it's, it's taken a while, but that, that's just the nature of drafting and developing hockey players, especially when you, you don't have a whole pile of first round picks as a contender who's been trading them away for immediate upgrades. Right. So I, I think it, it's, it's going to be something that becomes really, really prevalent in the next couple of years when we see more of these guys breaking into pro hockey. Yeah. 